Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. saying to us in contrast to the food sacrifice to idols that you know he's dealing with here in Pergamos and and what he's talking about with with Balaam in contrast to that he says if you'll trust me I'll give you the hidden manna to eat the scriptures the Word of God described as the sword of the Spirit it's also described as the bread he uses it as a sword when he needs to but then He offers it to us as nutrition. The Word of God is amazing. At once a sharp sword that cuts through the darkness and the bread that fills and sustains our spirit. As Pastor Robert explains in today's message, when we place our trust in Christ and allow Him to guide us through the Word and His Holy Spirit, we will never find our hearts wanting. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. I had to acknowledge to God that I didn't trust Him with my baby boy. Because that was the truth. I was so afraid something was going to happen to him. I was going to get a phone call. You know what I mean? I was so afraid something was going to happen to this little newborn I loved so much. And I realized, man, it's sin. I'm making, I'm making my child an idol in my heart. I, I, it can't be. And I made a decision. I still remember driving down Collins Avenue, like 50th Street. And I said, okay, God. He was yours before he was mine, so I will trust you with him. You know, years later, it was tested. And, and then with our daughter, you know, when you know, she's traveling with a missions team to India, Nepal, and, and you know, I, I had other pastors asking me, it's like, how, how can you let your daughter And I said, how can I not? Because she was his before she was mine. And if I can't trust him with everything and everyone, then I can't trust him. I love my children. Therefore, I entrusted them to their father because I'm a screw up. And he never makes a mistake. You know, when I was 21 years old, I made a decision to reject God. It was a conscious decision of my will. I still remember it. I, I was going through all kinds of crazy stuff in my life. And most of you have heard my testimony. At 21, I was already, uh, been divorced already, you know, for a year and a half or something. I don't know. And I didn't ever want to go through that again. 
And as I was grappling with issues, I didn't know the Lord, I knew about the Lord. I'd grown up in church, so I had a Bible. I'm looking at the Bible, I'm thinking, I can't figure that my life's a mess and I can't, I don't know what to do and maybe there's some answers in the Bible and as I open it up, it's talking about sexual immorality and I'm thinking, okay, I'm not giving that up and I'm never gonna marry again. So, sorry, but I'm gonna indulge my flesh and it brought me moments of physical pleasure along the way. I partied like a maniac for the next three years which just brought me confusion and dissatisfaction and broken relationships and didn't find what I was looking for in any of the clubs or with any of the women. And at 24, I chose to trust Jesus even if it meant never again enjoying sexual pleasure. Again, it was a conscious decision because he showed me he's always right. And if he says sexual immorality is detrimental to me. If he says it's sin, I'm going to trust him. He knows what he's talking about. And that choice resulted in some really deep friendships, profound joy in my relationship with the Lord, and eventually an amazing family. Jesus and his sword stood with me rather than against me when I chose to trust him the mighty warrior, the king of glory at my side instead of in my face. You know, I could give a similar illustration concerning a focus on providing a prosperous lifestyle for my family. He's given us so much more than we deserve. But we still live in a little 1,000 square foot house where we raised our, our, our children. A little two bedroom, one bath house. And, you know, I've joked about it because I really did hate that house. But what we've realized now, the kids are grown, they've moved out, and we've realized this, this place is perfect for us. It's just right for the two of us. And it trained our children to be content with less. I grew up in a big house. I had a bedroom when I was a teenager that was almost as big as our house. I was spoiled. It wasn't good for me. I learned to be content in that house. And you know what? Contentment is a huge key. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 reminds us, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, a trap, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called. Now, Jesus goes on in this revelation, in this passage that we're looking at, and we're bringing it to a close. I know I've gone a little long. He promises to those who do this, to those who choose to trust him and look to him, that he will give them of the hidden manna and a white stone and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives it. Hidden manna. Remember manna is what God gave to the children of Israel in the desert. It was this unique substance that the, the, you know, the Bible says that it was like, like honey and coriander and, and you know, I always think of like a 
perfectly nutritious donut because it was sweet to the taste and yet it was perfect nutrition. And, and they gathered it every day and they lived on it for 40 years while they were you know, wandering around the, the desert. And he says you know, that they referred to it as bread from heaven and Jesus used that later. He's like, I'm the true bread from heaven. And now what he's saying to us, in contrast to the food sacrifice to idols that you know, he's dealing with here in Pergamos and, and what he's talking about with, with Balaam, in contrast to that, he says, if you'll trust me, I'll give you the hidden manna to eat. The scriptures, the word of God, described as the sword of the spirit. It's also described as the bread. He uses it as a sword when he needs to. But then he offers it to us as nutrition, to feed us. When, when the word of God, when we, for me as a young man, you know, living in rebellion and all I cared about was me and serving myself and pleasure and, and, and well, then it, the word of God was a sword confronting my immorality. Now I feed on it. Can't live without it. Do you understand? And see, what he says is to those of us, to those who trust him, who come to him and make that decision, I will trust you with my life. I will trust you with everything. Well, then the word of God becomes this, this sweet, nutritious, spiritual food. And he gives to us a white stone. What's that about? Remember what the video told us. Pergamum was, a, it was like a legal center in the region. And a white stone was used in the courtrooms. In the ancient world, you got a black stone if you were guilty, a white stone if you were being acquitted. And not only that, Jesus says with the white stone, you get a new identity. Listen to me carefully. If you're living in compromise, if you're rationalizing sexual immorality, you're not living a life that's consistent with the new identity that he has given you in Christ. He has a white stone, a stone that says you're innocent, you've been acquitted, you've been pardoned, you have a new identity. You don't even know the name that Jesus has for you yet. You're not who you were. You understand, I'm not the guy who rejected God for the sake of sexual immorality because I wanted to, to go party. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy who was in a bar every single night after work. I'm not that guy anymore because he's making me new. He's changing me. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. The book of Revelation is filled with pictures and metaphors and can be utterly confusing at times. We are so glad Pastor Robert has jumped into this book with us, untangling the mysteries and sharing the truth that Jesus is going to return one day. Pastor Robert and all of us here at Main Thing Radio would like to urge you to take the message of the gospel out into the world. The only way to avoid the judgment we're learning about in Revelation is to know and follow Jesus and allow Him to rescue us from it. Everyone needs to hear this message, and we're the ones who can tell them. We're so glad you joined us today on Main Thing Radio. If you'd like to hear this teaching again, we'd encourage you to visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. There you can also subscribe to our podcast, and here's Tracy to tell you more. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. 
Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. And thank you for listening today to Main Thing Radio.